This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 136 of the Catholic Foodie, Kids in the Kitchen for Sunday Supper. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so excited about today's episode. We're talking about kids in the kitchen and Sunday supper. And you know what? I've been part of a group now, food bloggers, uh, for the past, I don't know, probably four or five months now, uh, promoting something called Sunday Supper. If you're on Twitter, you may have seen that hashtag Sunday Supper, and we're going to talk about that today. And here's the fact. Here's the bottom line, right? We are so daggone busy in, in, in our lives today that we don't take the time to eat together. But it's so important. We're going to talk about it right here, the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. And something else that's important is, uh, you know, we eat together, right? But I have talked about this in the past, and we're going we're gonna to revisit some of that today. But, uh, you know, cooking together is also something that really does bond families together. And, you know, we have that, that, that saying, right, uh, uh, the families that pray together stay together. Well, I think that the families that uh, eat together stay together, and the families that cook together stay together. I think it all kind of, it's all part of a, of, of a piece, right? And uh, eating together is vital. It is so important. I mean, if you look back in Scripture, if you look back in the Old Testament, right, you see that God brings about, he, he makes for himself a family. And, uh, you know, we, we see Adam and Eve, of course, in the Garden of Eden. We see them eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. They separate themselves from God by doing so. And, but God promises, I'm going to bring you back. I'm not going to leave you out there uh, suffering all by yourself. I will bring you back to myself. I will save you. And he promises to do that. And he does it, if we look back in the Old Testament, through a series of covenants. And all those covenants, every one of them, is, uh, it, it, they, they culminate, each one culminates in a meal, in a ritualistic, sacrificial meal, and uh, which is shared. It is a shared meal. And that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing to me. And, and I think it sheds light for us today in our busy lives of how important it is, how really important it is for us to eat together. Uh, if you go back even to the Greek philosopher Epicurus, uh, we have that famous website today, or a very well-known website today at least, with recipes and all that called Epicurus. But Epicurus said that uh, when we're hungry, or when we want to, uh, to eat, the first thing we should do is to look for someone to share it with. Eat, look for someone to dine with, not just the food, but to, to, to share that. To, to really, It's a communal thing. It's something that we do together. And that's what we talk about here at the Catholic Foodie, is it not? I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, I love good food, but what is the point of good food if you're all by yourself and you're not sharing that with other people? So eating together is so vital. And uh, today we're going to talk about this in, in, in the context of Sunday supper and in the context of kids cooking in the kitchen. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. But I also want to tell you before we get started, I also want to tell you that uh, I'm, I'm going to dig back into the archives of the Catholic Foodie here today, all the way back to January of 2010, and I'm going to bring from the archives uh, an interview that I did with Rebecca Lindemood 
uh, who she blogs over at foodiewithfamily.com. Now, Rebecca, the reason I'm doing this is because Rebecca kind of epitomizes, I think, what the Sunday supper thing is all about. And uh, the, the, the conversation I had with her back in 2010 uh, dealt specifically, specifically with kids in the kitchen, bringing the kids in the kitchen to help cook. Uh, it, not only uh, does it help sometimes, sometimes, not always, <laughs> not always, but sometimes it helps as far as time goes, right? You can, you can put dinner on the table faster, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but um, it does indeed, it really does bring a family together. It bonds us together when we cook together and eat together. It's amazing the way that children feel by being able to participate, being able to contribute to what goes on the table. I've seen that with my own kids. I've got feedback from uh, listeners over the last three or four years who have also uh, attested to that fact where they've had their own children cooking or assisting in the cooking and how that really has impacted not just family in general, but also their time around the table because the, the kids have now a sense of ownership, right? They they did this. They participated. They contributed. They actually got in the kitchen, got their hands dirty in probably the floor and the counters and their clothes, and <laughs> right? But it's good. It is good, good, good. So we're going to talk uh, kids in the kitchen and Sunday supper today. Folks, thank you so much for being here with me. And uh, let's get started. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of the can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, let's talk Sunday supper before we get into uh, kids in the kitchen. You know, Sunday supper, I guess it was probably four or five months ago. I'm terrible with time. So if I'm, I, I, you know, it, it's hard for me to kind of remember exactly when it was. But uh, a friend of mine, uh, a fellow foodie and a fellow blogger, uh, Isabel, and I'm not I'm not real sure at this point in time if if she wants me to share her last name. I know that uh, some bloggers are, are like that. They they don't. Uh, my name is Jeff young you you know me and you can find me on the internet but some some bloggers uh prefer to just go by their first name so i'm not going to share her last name with you but i will tell you where to find her isabel is over at familyfoodie.com and uh, you know it, it's it's amazing she contacted me via twitter i believe if i'm not mistaken and uh, it was, i was just so delighted i was so delighted we followed each other on twitter uh, i saw the things that she posted about but I, I didn't really grasp like the, the the scope of it until she contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be part of this 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 uh, this group that uh, that sort of promotes Sunday supper. It's like, well, what's that all about? Anyway, uh, familyfoodie.com is where we're going to find Isabel, who is from Portugal, by the way. She is Portuguese, and uh, on her about page, this is what she has to say about herself and about. Uh, the family foodie and 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 uh, and Sunday supper and what it's all about. She says, you know, uh, family foodie's mission is to help bring back Sunday supper 
around the family table in every home. Uh, I was born in Portugal. When I was four years old, my parents immigrated to the United States. I stayed with my grandparents and lived on their farm and vineyard. My best memories from those days were the simplicity of our lives and my grandmother's delicious meals. She didn't use fancy ingredients or gourmet spices, but she cooked some of the best food I have ever tasted. At six years old, I joined my parents in the U.S. Talk about culture shock. (laughs) Imagine going from farm to Newark, New Jersey, literally overnight. (laughs) I quickly adjusted to a new culture, new language, and a very different way of life. I met my husband my first day freshman year in college, and we have uh, been blessed with four wonderful children. In our home, time around the family table is the most important time we spend together. Our kitchen table is as much about the food as it is about the memories that are made. I'm a believer that less is more when it comes to cooking. Most of our family meals are created by whatever is in season and at hand uh, in our pantry and fridge. The main ingredient in every dish is love. Empowering our families today is more important than ever. I would love nothing more than to help you bring back Sunday supper around the family table in your home. Uh, I want to encourage you to try a Portuguese dish. You will be shocked by the simplicity and the amazing flavor of Portuguese recipes. And she signs that as Isabel. So uh, fantastic. If if you're on Twitter, just uh, search for Family Foodie and give her a follow. You can find her at familyfoodie.com. But, you know, when I read this, when I, when I went back, when she first invited me to become part of this, this uh, Sunday supper thing, I was so excited. I was so excited. You know why? I'll give you a couple reasons. First, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, Sundays, Sunday afternoon, like from, I don't know, I can't remember the exact time, but uh, somewhere around noon or so until the, the, the late afternoon, I was always at my paternal grandparents' house. Every Sunday, every Sunday, good old Cajun, man, good old Cajun, (laughs) my grandfather. And uh, he loved to cook. Boy, he was a foodie. It was incredible. Foodie before was fashionable to be a foodie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he he went to the grocery every day. He cooked uh, from scratch everything and really good stuff, too. Anyway, Sundays, all the family was there, all my cousins, my aunts and uncles, all of them. Because my, my, my paternal grandparents, they had five children. And so they all, every, we all gathered there on Sunday. Now, it wasn't uh, event-free. or how, how do I put that? Sometimes it was eventful. <laughs> Sometimes it was colorful. Sometimes there was uh, disagreements, right? Sometimes there was family feuds. Um, but guess what? Everybody went. We were all there on Sunday. And, uh, and we had good food, and we got to talk, and we got to visit, we got to play. Uh, it was just a great time. And, uh, you know, Char, my wife, Char, uh, who has a Lebanese background, they have a similar, a similar, similar? <laughs> That's not even a word. Similar. <laughs> That's better. A similar tradition. Uh, you know, um, we, we both grew up in Baton Rouge, and on Sundays, her family, all of them, they all went to what they called Big Mama and Big Daddy's house. And now my father-in-law has 
nine siblings. All right, so you had all the cousins, you had everybody there, and it was a huge spread. Now, uh, you know, Big Mama and Big Daddy passed away actually before uh, my 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 in laws actually got married. So my my wife never met her, but these stories, the stories of Sunday supper at Big Mama and Big Daddy's is something that I still hear about today. Char has heard about it all her life, and I still hear about it because, you know why? Because it's important. That's why. It's important. Sunday supper. And here's the thing. We are so daggone busy today, I think, at least in the United States of America, we are so busy today that we don't even get to eat together. I mean, I know, you know, we cook every day. Every single day we cook. Um, it's extremely important to us. It's therapy for me, by the way, but it's really important to my family that we eat good food and we eat home-cooked meals and we cook for our children. But the deal is my kids are now, let's see, 11, 12, 13, no, uh, 10, 11, 12, right? 10, 11, 12, and they're busy. My my girls have gymnastics. Christopher has um, karate. And so, I mean, some nights of the week, I mean, it's tough. It is really tough. But what do we do? We, we still cook. And when they come home, it may be 8, 30, 9 o'clock before dinner is on the table. But we eat together. We eat together. And we, we start our meals with prayer. We try to end our meals with prayer. Sometimes we're so stressed out that that doesn't happen. <laughs> Kids got to bathe, you know. Kitchen has to be clean. Uh, but, but we try to remember to end our meals with prayer as well. So eating together is just so, so important. And, uh, and that's what we, you know, that, 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 I guess it, that's what really attracted me to the whole concept of Sunday supper. And uh, for, on a practical note, you know, Sunday supper, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Pinterest, if you're on Facebook, Sunday supper, you'll find it, Okay. There's a hashtag, right? It's got the little, um, like the number symbol, um, hashtag, Sunday Supper. On Twitter, on Sundays, from about 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time until whenever, um, there's a conversation going on. And the people who participate in this conversation use this hashtag, Sunday Supper. So you have tons of recipes tons of uh, interaction, people talking to each other about what they're cooking, about what their family's doing on Sunday. It's really a lot of fun. Mario Batali has taken part in the past uh, promoting Sunday Supper. So really a lot of good stuff. Matter of fact, I'm going to go right now. I'm going to pull up the, the, the latest post here by Isabel about Kids in the Kitchen. She does this on Wednesday or so, Wednesday, Thursday of the week. She'll post what the upcoming Sunday supper is all about. And typically it's themed in some, some sort of way, like Father's Day, right? We had that not that, far, not, not that long ago, and, and, and Sunday supper was about Father's Day. Mother's Day was Mother's Day theme. Uh, so today, or, or at least this tomorrow, because today's Saturday, but tomorrow the theme is Kids in the Kitchen. Sunday supper, right? Kids in the Kitchen. So if you go to familyfoodie.com, you are going to see what Isabel has to say about kids in the kitchen, first of all. And then secondly, if you scroll down in that post, you're going to see 
all these different bloggers, food bloggers who are out there, who are part of this community that support and try to promote Sunday supper. And, and you're going to see what they have listed, what they are preparing this week for this Sunday for Sunday supper with kids in the kitchen, specifically about kids in the kitchen. So I'm looking right now, you've got breakfast, you've got healthy snacks, you've got the main squeeze or the main dish, um, the, 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 the entree, as we say, in the United States. You've got desserts. You have all these different posts that are listed that are from all over. I mean, blogs all over the place, right? It's not just here. It's all over the place, not just on Family Foodie. And you've got, I mean, just, I'm going to read a few to you. Panko-encrusted French toast sticks for breakfast, not bad. Bacon, egg, and sausage breakfast cups. Hey, like that. That sounds great. I love bacon. Bacon's great. You can't go wrong with bacon. Um, for the uh, main squeeze, listen to a few of these. I love this. <laughs> I just absolutely love this. Poblano mac and cheese. I mean, you talk about slap your mama good. That is some good stuff there. Poblano peppers, mac and cheese. Oh, and I hear today, it's a rumor. I heard that today is actually National Mac and Cheese Day. I love these national days. Yesterday was, um, at least for the non-Catholic world, see, because yesterday was uh, Friday. So yesterday was National Fried Chicken Day. But we're going to, like, make that for Catholics at least today, Saturday. That can be National Fried Chicken Day. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but you have poblano mac and cheese, coconut chicken and shrimp, uh, Looney and Mimi's grilled pizza, I mean, you talk about, this is not kid food, which, by the way, is a myth, right? There's no such thing as kid food. It's just food. That's it, food, right? Kids eat what adults eat, unless, of course, you're a company that produces something that's called kids food, and you want to make money, you then market to kids, and you call it kids food. But in reality, where, where I live, it's just food, right? It's just food. So you have um, uh, Parmesan corn on the cob. You have pad thai, chicken tortilla bake, uh, golden potato patties, all these wonderful grilled chicken wings and sesame flavors, all these wonderful recipes right here, familyfoodie.com. And hey, at the end of Sunday supper, you get to have Sunday supper dessert. (laughs) And you can have like uh, what's called chocolate slab or chocolate chip cutout cookies. The other day I, I saw someone post um, bacon chocolate chip cookies. I think those are insanely good. I'm sure they are. Uh, purple blueberry cake, tropical popsicles, carrot cupcakes, uh, chocolate cheese turnover, healthy creamy caramel apple parfait with Greek yogurt. I mean, come on. These are incredible, incredible recipes right here. And the good thing about this right? This particular weekend, this particular Sunday is that it's all about kids in the kitchen. So these are recipes that kids are making, not adults, although they probably have help, right? Mom and dad, they're they're in there helping. But anyway, is this not fantastic? I love this. This is awesome. So Isabel, if you're listening, thank you so much for putting together uh, Sunday supper. I mean, I, I love being a part of it. I think it's fantastic. It is so needed today in our society, and I thank you so much for the time and the dedication that you put forth to make this a reality. So Sunday Supper on Twitter, uh, Pinterest, 
Facebook. Search for it. You'll find it. There's uh, links also, by the way, at catholicfoodie.com. In the show notes, go check those out. You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Now, back in January of 2010, all right, we're going a couple of years back now. I had the, the privilege of interviewing Rebecca Lindemood on The Catholic Foodie. And uh, Rebecca has a web, she's a blogger, of course, and she's a foodie. <laughs> and she has a website called Foodie with Family. Do you think that that title there, the, her blog, Foodie with Family, do you think that that fits with this episode with Sunday Supper, what I'm talking about? I do. Absolutely. That's, I've been thinking about Rebecca for the last couple of days ever since uh, I saw the announcement of what Sunday Supper this week was going to be because in 2010 in January, Rebecca and I had a great conversation about bringing kids into the kitchen. It was an awesome interview. That was back on episode 56 of The Catholic Foodie. Now, you know, I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now, kids in the kitchen at my house, is a struggle. <laughs> it's not, it is not easy. You know, there's different uh, times for cooking. There's a, the Bible says there's a time for everything, right? Well, uh, sometimes it's just about putting food on the table and uh, to, to bring the, kitchen, uh, the kids into the kitchen then uh, is liable to cause some frustration because it's going to delay things. Uh, however, there are times, many times, because I love to cook, that, uh, that, that, I invite my children to come in and be with me to help out. Uh, when we do pizza together, we do, I mean, there's certain things that we'll do together, certain uh, dishes that we'll prepare together. And, uh, and I want them in there with me at that point because time's not a factor. It's really just for fun. It's just us cooking together. It's not that Wednesday night uh, gymnastics night where, uh, you know, I just want to get the food on the table because it's, we're going to eat at nine o'clock, you know? Uh, so, but it is, it's, it is so incredible. I have seen over the last uh, couple of months, you know, my kids see me cook. They see my wife cook. They know, they know we love it. And, uh, they always are asking, can I come in? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I help this? Can I, can I chop those? Can I whatever? And, and now that they're getting to be 10, 11, 12, they're, they're at that point where we can let them do some of this stuff on their own. Um, I, I think I talked about this recently. I, I don't remember the episode, but, uh, three, four months ago, um, Char and I wanted to go on a, on a, on a date in our home. <laughs> this was actually a recommendation that was made by her spiritual director. And so we went on a date in her home. And even though the, the, the kids did not uh, prepare the entire meal, but our two girls, they made the salad dressing from scratch with no help. And they've seen us do it enough that they knew exactly what to do. And it was phenomenal. I was so impressed with that. I was so impressed with what they did. And uh, they came out <laughs> that night. It was great. They, uh, they served us. I mean, it was like we're in a restaurant. It was really 
phenomenal. We had lobster and, you know, we had the salad that they made and we had dessert. I mean, it was just, it was, it was great. It was phenomenal. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, since then they, they proved themselves to me really, uh, that they, they knew what they were doing in the kitchen. They could do it unsupervised. And since then I have allowed them to go in and to do things from time to time on their own. And I guess it was about a week ago now, maybe two weeks ago, they went in and made chocolate chip cookies from scratch. My two girls, they're, they're uh, 10 and 11. Uh, chocolate chip cookies from scratch. They had a recipe. They followed it. They did it all their own. No adult help. They just did it. And then the other day, they decided, we, we've got dogs. We, we're, we're a dog family. We love dogs. And, they just, and we have neighbors who have dogs. And they decided, oh, well, we're going to make some dog snacks from scratch. And they found a recipe, and they just went to town. They did it. And uh, <laughs> the dogs loved them. I, I, I Personally, I, I did not try them, but I'm sure they were good, you know. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> anyway, it was amazing. Good stuff, kids in the kitchen, kids cooking, whether they're with adults or not, it's a good thing. You know, it really gave my children a sense of pride to be able to go into the, into the kitchen to cook, to, to, to follow a recipe, and, 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 and it comes out great. I mean, that's fantastic. What a, what a boost, huh? So anyway, uh, the conversation I had with Rebecca, this is going back to 2010. Rebecca's fantastic. I mean, she, <laughs> I look back over the last couple of years and what she has done with foodiewithfamily.com. I mean, it, it's amazing. But here, her about page, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about her. And then what I'm going to do is just go ahead and let the, the, the clip that I, that I recorded two years ago, the interview I did with her, I'm going to let that run after this. But this is what the, her, her about page has to say. Rebecca is a freelance food writer, cooking teacher, uh, recipe developer, self-employed baker, and cheesecake artist, occasional caterer, mother of five perpetually hungry boys. I can understand that and wife of her biggest culinary fan. A former full-time cook, she currently writes a food and family column for the Traverse City Record Eagle, as well as maintaining this site, foodiewithfamily.com. An homage to all things food-related. You know, she grew up cooking alongside her mother, Kathy, in a commercial and in commercial kitchens uh, of the camps and retreat centers, that her father, Jim, managed and went on to cook in various food service venues, including a deli, a bistro, and a corporate chain restaurant that shall remain unnamed. (laughs) Uh, She credits her mother, Kathy, with igniting her passion for adventuring with her food. Uh, Her all-time favorite meal is her mom's lumpia, which I don't know what that is, but that's fantastic. Uh, One of her first forays into experimental cuisine came at the expense of her parents' stomachs. She reasoned that if orange and chocolate taste wonderful together, which they do, that it would be a gourmet snack for her parents if she served them Cocoa Krispies in orange juice. (laughs) Thankfully, her skills have improved since then. Uh, In her spare time, she enjoys ignoring piles of laundry, perusing direct mail pieces for the express purpose of finding typos and feeling superior, reading through massive stacks of books, playing slightly less than competent piano, and watching or talking about hockey, baseball, and tennis. Uh, (laughs) 
In addition to her monthly Record Eagle column, you may have seen Rebecca featured on The Pioneer Woman's Tasty Kitchen, where she's also a regular contributor, and at tipnut.com, uh, or Taste, Spy, uh, Taste Spotting and Food Gawker. She is a phenomenal photographer, by the way. And so if you want a feast for the eyes, please do go check out foodiewithfamily.com. Fantastic stuff. Rebecca, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Catholic Foodie two years ago. Can't believe time just flies. Two years ago. Um, and, and I'm so happy I can replay this interview again now since it is so pertinent to the topic uh, at hand today. I am a mom of five young boys. My kids range in age from four to 12, and they keep me hopping, and they are the reason that I do what I do in my blogging. I believe that families are strengthened through food um, in, in several ways, and it is my, my grand passion in life to get families back together over the dinner table and before that in the kitchen and cooking together and, and making the memories that they'll be able to tell their own kids about. So um, I have a background in food service. I worked as a sous chef, and I also worked in a chain restaurant as a prep chef, and I grew up cooking with my parents in the Christian camps that they ran and retreat centers. So um, I guess you could say I needed to have a big family because I don't know how to cook for two. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. And you know, everything you said, all this stuff that you do and that you believe in, I mean, this is near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. And it's part of what the Catholic Foodie is all about. I'm so excited that you are here with me today. I, I, you know, our paths crossed. I have no idea how uh, you heard of me, but you sent me an email the other day, and uh, we got to talking, and I went and checked out your blog. You've actually got two blogs. Uh, one is foodiewithfamily.com. I, I guess that's like the, the main blog. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Foodie with Correct. Family and what that's all about? Well, sure. Uh, Foodie with Family is an offshoot of a newspaper column that I write. I write for a mid-sized paper in Traverse City, Michigan, and that is close to where I grew up. And I'm a, I'm a Michigander in exile out in western New York. <laughs> um, it is basically a, a column that focuses on some of the adventures and foibles in raising five boys, and also, um, like I said, I have a, a pretty serious food service background. So it combines um, two of my big loves, my, my family and the food. And there just were not enough newspaper editions for me to fit in everything I wanted to write. I guess I'm a bit of a talker. And uh, this way, it gives me an outlet that doesn't involve keeping my poor parents on the phone all the time listening to what I cook. <laughs> that is... Uh, so I would say that is what Foodie, and family, uh, Foodie with Family is about. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, I have to tell you that I'm jealous. I am absolutely jealous of your, uh, your food uh, industry background. I mean, I, I, I love to cook. I'm just a... You know, I'm just a poor little amateur cook uh, who just absolutely I, – I, I love being in the kitchen. I can't help it. You know, but I, I, I am – I have 
experience in the hospitality industry, the food industry. I was a bartender for about five years, so <laughs> I'm on that side oh, of the. Oh man, you're a saint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that side of the counter, but uh, anyway, you know what? What are some of the things that you'd write about on Foodie with Family? Well, in Foodie with Family, it gives me an opportunity to archive some of the crazy things my kids do so I can use it against them later. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, so I can remind them of it later. Uh, it, there's a fine line there. They, there is something special about being a people watcher and having a bunch of little people in your house. Um, when, when your ears are open to it, you hear some of the most precious stuff. Um, my kids currently are going through a a phase where they're really interested in turkey vultures. Oh my goodness. Now we, we also homeschool. So my kids have the opportunity to go into some of these, um, some of these intellectual obsessions a little bit more in depth than (laughs) maybe, you know, someone else might. And my mom recently watched the kids so that my husband and I could get away on a, a, just a a little getaway. And when I came back, my mom explained to me that she had taken the kids out for a a hike in the woods. And she looked and my, my 10 year old was laying down on the ground, curled up uh, with his feet and hands pointed up toward the sky. And she came up to him and she said, Aiden, what are you doing? And he said, Nana, if you wouldn't mind, could you take a few steps back the other way? I'm trying to hold really still to see if I can get those turkey vultures to come in. I'm trying to act dead. <laughs> that's great. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that makes it into my column. Oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, how, however that ends up, somehow or another, it, it leads to food. Everything oh. always leads to food, whether my son is pretending to be roadkill to try to get the turkey vultures in or whether they're standing next to me in the kitchen. It, it's all about the food. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you, you're up there in uh, in New York, right? Or right outside of New York? New York? Is that right? Uh, we're not near New York City. No, we're, we're south of both Rochester and Buffalo. But you're up north where it's cold and snowy and just... Uh, Ooh, I you know it's it's more than I can handle. I'm I'm down here in New Orleans, you know where the good times roll. We have Mardi Gras, oh yeah, and, well, you know lots of good, uh, lots of good southern, right? <laughs> you know we got lots of good uh, good food, good uh, good family, good spirits, you know, and uh, and and Mardi Gras is oh, is sure. on its way. But uh, that that is in in what you said that all roads really. <laughs> <laughs> seem to lead to food. I mean, I can totally relate to that. Uh, it, it's like um, food is life down here. And I, I think that is uh, that is wonderful. It is, it is a good thing. And it kind of shows us, I guess, the, the bounty of God, the providence of God, that God really does provide for us. He wants to fill us not only with food, but the food in a way is almost like a symbol or, quote, unquote, a sacrament or sacramental that uh, that that shows us or points us towards uh, how God wants to fill us in a, in a more um, uh, spiritual or real way. So uh, that's some of the things that we talk about here at the Catholic Foodie. And you had mentioned earlier how uh, what's near and dear to your heart is how food and can can like bring together family. And uh, would you mind 
tell me some of your ideas as far as how uh, food can can bring a family together? Absolutely. Part of what we do around these around these parts in our family is we we sit down and menu plan together. I have one night per week that I designate as the night that the kids are going to compile the menu. It has to be something that they are able to help me with. Um, it has to be something where I can delegate jobs to them so that they all have ownership in this meal. So that when we sit down to eat as a family, we can point to each individual dish and point out what they have done so that they can share this with the family. It's, it's part of the fruits of their labor to feed the entire family. So they've gone through all phases of this meal, through the planning, through the shopping, through the preparation, through the cooking, and then they get to share it with everybody. And there's, there's a pride of ownership. There is pride in the work that they've put into it, in the thought that they have put into it, and into watching people's reactions to what they've made. And what that does is it not only gives them a sense of accomplishment, but it's, it's, uh, it's the instant gratification of the food as well. So it's, it's all kinds of satisfying, and it's all kinds of family building because we're working together. We're elbow to elbow at the kitchen counter putting this stuff together and sliding it into the oven together. And even more than that, in the summer, when we're growing our vegetables and we're, we're out there watching our chickens feed in the yard and then collecting the eggs, it's this whole sense of being overwhelmed by the good that God has provided for us mm-hmm. and being able to say that we have had a hand in nourishing ourselves with the gifts that we've been given. It's a really neat experience. And I would recommend that even if you didn't want to make that a part of your regular family activity, that you just give it a try a couple of times and see how thrilled the kids are to be able to be part of that instead of just being bystanders and consumers actually being producers of the nourishment for the family as well. I love that. That, that is just so awesome. And uh, I know my kids, uh, I'm sorry? Just, uh, my kids, just the other day, my kids went to the library and they checked out a bunch of cookbooks, you know, the kid kind of kid oriented or kid uh, directed uh, cookbooks. And uh, they came home and their, their nightly reading time before bed, they had a bunch of bookmarks they went through and <laughs> bookmark all the things that they would like to cook. Yeah. And uh, they love it. I mean, I, I guess part of that is just from, you know, my wife and I, we love to cook. We love good food. And I guess that uh, that pours over into their DNA. But um, th- there's something about well, sure. <laughs> yeah, there's something about these kids, uh, families getting together, not only to eat dinner together, but also to take the time to actually work together in the kitchen. Uh, I, I, I can't I, – I, over and over and over again, I tell uh, people, whether they're uh, listeners here on the show or uh, readers of the, uh, the blog, uh, people I meet in the street, <laughs> I mean anybody who will listen, how important it is for families to eat together today. And it's just like there's just no – um, th- there's so many forces against that. You know, there's so much busyness. 
but it is well worth it. And in your own family, I am sure you see the benefits not only of eating together, but of cooking together. That is that is uh, something I guess that I need to start to stress even more. And that is why I am so excited about this new project that you have going on. And uh, I don't want to I don't want to like take yes. your thunder. What will you tell us about your new project? Yes, this is this is actually something that my kids came up with. So I have to give full credit where credit is due. My sons Liam, Aiden, Ty, Leif, and Rowan came up with this, and it is ICouldEatThat.com. It is um, a food photography website. It's it's a collaborative effort where. Our readers submit photographs, recipes, links to uh, posts that they have blogged about, and we post a, an image on our home page that links back to their site or provides the recipe in the case of a non-blogger. So what, what it is, if you're familiar with taste spotting and food gawker, mm-hmm. I Could Eat That is like the taste spotting and food gawker for children. Oh, wow. It is a family-friendly site. I enforce a strict G rating on anything that I link to so that if kids are on the site by themselves and click through to a link, I can promise the parents that it is not going to be inappropriate material. Very good. Um, I take a real firm stance on that because I know what I let my kids read and if I wouldn't let my kids read it, I'm not going to let your kids link to it through my site. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, something that's, uh, it's something that I feel very strongly about. So basically, what I would ask is anybody who's listening, if your kids are involved in the kitchen, if they have made even a bowl of cereal for you, take a picture of it. Send it to me at Rebecca at ICouldEatThat.com or Yum at ICouldEatThat.com, and I will post it with your kid's name, and they will be able to look online on a safe site and say, hey, I made that. Look at this. I'm online. Uh, that is, that's what my kids wanted to do. Every time they were getting involved in the kitchen, they wanted me to take a picture and put it up on Foodie with Family or submit it to taste spotting. So this is this is an outlet for my kids and an outlet for them to be in touch with other kids who are interested in producing food in the kitchen. That is awesome. I love it. Uh, my kids, by the way, I, the same kind of thing. They they love the Catholic foodie. I mean, this is obviously something that, that I, I'm dedicated to, something I do. They love it. They have their little T-shirts, you know, Catholic Foodie T-shirts they wear out in public, and they tell people about the Catholic Foodie, and they're always talking to me about, you know, cooking this, cooking that, or or whatever. And uh, tonight, matter of fact, I hope to work on a post for you. Uh, we are making pizzas tonight, and the kids are in the kitchen helping. I had to get the dough going because uh, of just timing. I mean, they were out in a, they're in a play, and, and they were at practice, and... I don't want to eat at midnight necessarily, but um, so I got the dough going, right. and and they're going to join me in the kitchen as soon as as we are finished talking. And I want to record what they have to say, and I'm going to make that a post on the website on CatholicFoodie.com. I'm going to send you some pictures, 
and you can link to that audio file and uh perhaps that could be something that you would post on uh on that on that new project there i could eat that which is a great great title by the way <laughs> uh, that was from my kids as well my my eldest son when he was little um from the time he could talk if there was something on the plate or on the table that he was interested in eating he would point to it and say, I could eat that. I could eat that. <laughs> and so that was that was a natural name for the website. Oh, and I would that's great. I would encourage everyone to not only send me pictures of the food their kids have made, but send me pictures of food your kids like. Oh yeah. Um this is this is all kid oriented. If you have made something that your kids absolutely adore, please send me a photo and the recipe and I would be happy to put that up as well. Now speaking of that, I have to ask you, I have to ask you, what what are some of the favorite dishes that your kids uh love? Oh, okay. I can do this. Um first and <laughs> foremost, pizza. Oh <laughs> they, good. they are good <laughs> they're they're good boys. They like pizza and they even like it when mommy loads it with pancetta and caramelized onions oh. and pineapple. They mm-hmm. will they will go for anything if it's called pizza. Awesome. They love chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have a soft spot for shrimp, just mm-hmm. about any way you can cook it. Um, let's see. They they all like chocolate-baked custard. Wow. And they all like homemade ice cream. Wow. And I have to say that one of my kids' absolute all-time favorite dishes is one that I got from a Japanese cookbook, and I never thought my kids would look at it. But it, it's, a, it's a good lesson to me not to judge before the kids have tried something. I made onigiri for them, which huh. is a rice ball that's stuffed with cooked fish and wrapped with nori. Wow. And I did not think that in a million years my kids would pick up something wrapped in seaweed and eat it. Hmm. But every one of them surprised me, and that is probably, after pizza, their favorite dish. <laughs> that's great. I love it. My, my kids love sushi. They beg to go eat sushi. <laughs> And uh, but boy, they like I me. Mean, my my son Christopher, who's the oldest, he's ten, loves octopus. But he, I mean, he'll eat any kind of sushi. We, <laughs> we that's a it's my wife's favorite. So we we do that uh, quite a bit. You know, her birthday or our anniversary or uh, just mm-hmm. random times throughout the year. If we want to celebrate something, we'll either do one of two things. We'll go have my favorite, which is pizza, and I love these mom and pop hole in the wall places. Uh, to go real, you know, family-owned little bitty places to for pizza, or we go have sushi. So um, I love that. It is so Wonderful. good, so good. And uh, I know people are always saying, "Hey, your kids, they have uh, kind of a, a, a repertoire, right? They've got a um, an advanced palate." <laughs> <laughs> My son loves raw oysters. I mean, he he just anchovies. They eat all kind of crazy things. Is there anything? Uh, you already mentioned the, uh, the, the that particular dish with the wrapped in nori, uh, which is it's pretty exotic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty exotic for kids. Is there anything else that you can tell us about that uh, is something you wouldn't kind of expect for a child or or? Well, I don't know if you would expect it or not. I'll, I'll tell you, it falls in the category of I didn't expect them to want it. Um, this last year, my kids approached me after reading some wilderness survival books, mm-hmm. and they decided that they would like for me to make them roasted crickets. No. 
<laughs> they did. Yep. They, oh my in goodness. fact, they presented me with a jar full of crickets that oh they had fresh caught out in our lawn. And um, I don't know what this says about me as a mother, but I <laughs> promptly looked up, looked up how to roast crickets. And I, I roasted a pan full of crickets. Oh, my gosh. And then I dipped them in chocolate. Oh, my and goodness. Again, I'm, I'm not quite sure how this reflects on me as a mother, but then I videotaped them eating it and posted it to YouTube. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. I am not an insect person at all. And matter of fact, I don't know if you know Father Roderick of, Neither am uh, I. of SQPN, but Father Roderick had, had uh, a couple of episodes, I guess a, a month or so ago, where he talked about people eating bugs and i couldn't even finish the episode I, it was just so disgusting and to hear you say that that is i had to laugh that is just so amazing that they <laughs> they wanted roasted crickets i can't believe it <laughs> well you know i couldn't really believe it either and they sort of hornswoggled me into doing it it was it was against my better judgment but i did it and I, I exacted my pound of flesh by videotaping it and publicizing oh. it. They, it is viewable through foodiewithfamily.com. Should anybody care to see my children eating <laughs> chocolate-covered crickets, it's there. And uh, did they like them? They loved them. Oh, wow. I, I was beside myself. They, they actually said, um, believe it or not, that it tasted like chocolate-covered peanut butter. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I'm just, like, so surprised. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, That's great. I, I remain surprised. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that is that is fantastic. You know, um, you mentioned you videoed that. Uh, is, is video something that you incorporate into the blog? It is something that I will be incorporating increasingly. It has not played a, a real large role in the blog thus far. Um, I've been feeling my way in making the transition from just being a newspaper columnist to being a columnist and a blogger. And it, it is something that I intend to be featuring a little more frequently because foodiewithfamily.com has, um, has a sort of how-to feel to the website. I, right. I try to impart a lot of the tricks and tips that I have used over the years uh, that come from both my professional training and just countless hours in the kitchen. So I, I do try to show people how to do things that maybe they didn't know how to do before, and video is clearly a, a real good way to do that. So we'll be having more of that on the website as time goes on. Uh, that That's very good. I look forward to that. I know that uh, I, I'm looking in the same direction. I want to incorporate more and more uh, video into uh, into the the work of the Catholic foodie. I think uh, uh, lots of people love, I mean, you know, video is a good thing. So to, to, to bring that in and, and make that a part of what I do, uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that. So I will keep my eye out to see how you are incorporating that as well. Uh, now, one, one, one request. I have a request here. I, I didn't realize before you and I spoke that you had such an extensive background in in the food industry. Uh, and I've got just a little bitty, tiny bit of experience behind the bar, uh, but I love to cook. How, is there anything that you would recommend to me as a way for this this 
this bald-headed guy who loves to cook. Is there anything that I can do? What do you recommend that I could do to improve my skills in the kitchen? Well, the first one is the first one it's it's going to sound oversimplified, but what it really boils down to is just spending hours in the kitchen and being willing to try new things. You have to be willing to fail in the kitchen in order to improve. And that it's, it might sound counterintuitive, but I think that that is probably the biggest rule is, is take the risks, uh, keep notes, see what worked for you and what didn't. And if you want a really good reference, I would, I would refer you to Michael Ruhlman's book, Ratios, Oh yeah. that helps the, the home cook maybe understand a little bit of how the mind of a professional cook works. I have seen that book. I haven't read it, but well, I, have, I would say those are the two it. big things. That's all. I mean, I love it because, you know, I, I, failure is one of those things that we don't like a whole lot. You know, we don't like to make mistakes, but I have learned in, in cooking, uh, that you have to be willing to take those risks and to mess up. I mean, the kitchen's a messy place anyway. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I was uh, joking around the other day with, <laughs> I was uh, I had yeah, I'm, I'm a teacher by trade so I I had all Christmas break off and I was joking around one of those days on Facebook or Twitter or something and saying it, just a thought that came to me that cleaning cuz I had a wonderful night cooking wonderful night cooking and then I had to clean and I I kind of you know mm-hmm. tweeted that uh, cleaning is like the hangover of cooking you know, it's just you, you, <laughs> yes, you, you, you hate to you hate to experience it, but you've got to clean if you cook. But cooking is a very messy process to begin with, and uh, to 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 take that risk to say, you know, I mean, like myself, I love to cook. I, I spend a lot of time cooking, but um, you know, you don't want to fail. You don't want to feel bad or look bad. But I love I love your advice because if we don't embrace the possibility of failure, then we really limit our success, I guess. Absolutely, and it, it, that's that's where faith comes in in the kitchen. <laughs> you have to <laughs> you have to understand that while you may you may fail, there is always hope, and there is redemption if you keep on keeping on. That's right. That's right. I love that. That's that's perfect. Um, and one I just noticed right now, we have Barb in the uh, the chat room. Uh, Barb, uh, how you doing? It's good to see you. Uh, but Barb makes a comment here. She says um, she checked out your website. And she said you are a good photographer. Uh, do you photograph all of your all, all the the dishes that are on there? Is that is that you doing that? Yeah, that that is my photography. Wow. Well, I'm gonna have to call you at a separate time and get some tips because <laughs> I am a terrible food photographer. Goodness gracious! Um, I, I, just just yesterday, someone recommended to me that I use a white poster board. It's cheap, and use that as a background to your food photography. Never thought of it. It's something so simple. Uh, so I did that. Yeah, actually, last night I cooked, and I used the uh, the whiteboard as a as a background, and I was amazed at how the 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 pictures came out. So. I mean, you think I could do that? Can I call you up one day and, and, and pick your brain as to how to improve my uh, 
food photography. Well, sure. <laughs> sure, and I want to I want to thank Barb for flattering me. <laughs> I appreciate it. I I work harder at my photography than I do at my food. Oh, <laughs> I'll wow. tell you, it doesn't come naturally. Wow. Well, good. Well, Rebecca, it has been so good having you on the show. I th- just thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, once again, we've got uh, foodiewithfamily.com and then icouldeatthat.com. Absolutely. That's me. All right. Well, we got to, you know, everybody listening needs to go check that out. Those are two fantastic uh, blogs. But more than that, this is an outreach. This is this is a force to be reckoned with, and it's a force to join uh, in trying to promote uh, family life and how food can impact and improve our family lives. So uh, once again, uh, foodiewithfamily.com and icouldeatthat.com. I am so excited that you came on the show. And Rebecca, we are going to be rooting for you. And uh, I know for my, myself, I'm going to be checking out your site on a regular basis and also uh, making a few contributions. I'll, I'll submit some things and send them your way. And hopefully, hopefully they're worthy enough to, uh, to be on your site. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff, and I appreciate it. I'd encourage everyone who's listening to submit any of their photographs and recipes, and I look forward to hearing the stories of of how cooking together in the kitchen has brought families together. I, I like to hear the memories that were made. Awesome. Well, thank you again, and uh, and God bless you, Rebecca. And God bless you, too. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right. Well, again, I want to thank uh, I want to thank Rebecca at Foodie with family.com for coming on the show two years ago. And uh, it was just such a, a delight for me to listen to that uh, interview again and to have her on the Catholic Foodie yet again, uh, virtually <laughs> at least, uh, today. So thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. Please do go check out all the delightful and delicious stuff she has going on over at uh, foodiewithfamily.com. And now it's about time to wrap things up today, folks. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking uh, the last couple of episodes about feedback, first of all. And on iTunes, in particular iTunes, because of the new podcast app, I think it's very important to have feedback, reviews, uh, ratings over at iTunes uh, via the, I, uh, the, the the podcast app or just through iTunes itself. And uh, I, I asked folks to uh, to go over and to rate it and to review it. Um, last episode, and I want to uh, give a shout out to Kimmy and me. That's the username there, Kimmy and me, um, who left a review over on iTunes on July second, and the title of the review is "Where Food Meets Faith." And this is what Kimmy and me had to say: I've been an avid listener to the Catholic Foodie Podcast for over two years, and thoroughly enjoy the tips, recipes and ministry that Jeff Young brings each episode, as well as the newsletter, the website, and social media interaction. So tune in and let the Catholic foodie take you where food meets faith. And uh, I love that. (laughs) That is just awesome. So Kimmy and me, thank you so much for that review and for the five-star rating, too. And, uh, you know, folks, please do, if you haven't, yet done so, please do go to iTunes. You can now do this via the podcast app in the App Store if you have an iPhone or an iPad or whatever. Uh, but go to the iTunes Store 
and uh, search for Catholic Foodie. And please do give me a rating. Five stars would be fantastic. And uh, <laughs> you can also leave me a, a short review there if you'd like. I would very much appreciate that. I think it's very important, especially now with the launch of the new podcast app over at, uh, well, on iTunes. So uh, please do that if you can. I appreciate it. And um, I also want to remind you or to let you know if you don't know about it yet that last week I had my first foray into producing video, video in my kitchen, believe it or not. (laughs) It's crazy. But uh, that's right. I did. I think I talked last episode about producing iBooks, uh, enhanced iBooks with video and all this kind of uh, kind of new technology that we have available. And uh, I, I wanted to, to kind of do a test and see how that goes. So last, uh, last week, I made uh, shrimp etouffee. I made shrimp etouffee, and I recorded the entire thing. Now, of course, it took a long time to make, but uh, I whittled that thing down to about seven minutes. And it walks you through step by step. And I think, at least from the feedback I've gotten from folks so far, they found it very helpful. And it really helped to, to them to see, to really see how you do things step by step in this recipe to make a classic South Louisiana, New Orleans dish, shrimp etouffee. So if you have not seen that yet, please do go over to catholicfoodie.com. You're going to see it right there on the website, uh, how to make shrimp etouffee. And do, please, please do leave a comment uh, on uh, the website over at catholicfoodie.com. I, I, I asked the question, I think, at the end of the video, and I'm asking you now, uh, I want to know how it is. Is it helpful? I want to know that. Are there things that I could do to make it more helpful? Uh, please do give me feedback over there at catholicfoodie.com. I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you want to leave voice feedback from me, you can always do so by calling 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, or you can leave me an email at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Don't forget the CNMC, the Catholic New Media Celebration, or conference rather, the Catholic New Media Conference is coming up. It's uh, a month away. It's only a month away. You can find out more about that by going to catholicnewmediaconference.com. I can't wait for you to join me tomorrow for Sunday Supper on Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. And until then, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.